0: Welcome to the Behind the Goals Podcast, the podcast about fans, for fans, and by fans. Please welcome your hosts Andrew Jenkin and Alan Russell.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Behind the Goals Podcast, a podcast from Supporters Direct to Scotland. Uh, today we're going to be joined by Angus Kohl from Ballasport.
2: A uh, good friend of the organisation's been doing Excellent stuff with ballet Sports since it was set up as a community benefit society in, uh, I have to remember the, the. 2014, I think? 2014 sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we've. Um, Always happy to help support Ballasport sport and and fair trade footballs. Um, fascinating project they've got going on. As you'll hear in the interview we do with him, when they kind of set up the initial idea for selling fair trade footballs in the UK. Mm. The, uh, the, the their initial campaign was actually to just promote fair trade footballs, but there wasn't anyone in the UK yeah. UK doing it. So yeah, so a if, you gap if you can't model.
1: find a fair trade football to promote, make your own.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think. Well, somebody is it perhaps best asking you, Alan, as an outsider looking in, what does it look like in terms of how they're getting on?
1: Um, it looks good. Um, I've since since recording the podcast, I've ordered three footballs for my five a side team. Um, they've not arrived yet, oh. but um, and, our, <laughs> and our next next game is Monday night, um, so uh, hopefully uh, they'll have arrived by the time and I can give some I can give some feedback on how the balls are. But they look great. That's one of the things that that uh, convinced me about uh, to, to to get my wallet out. Uh, was that they look good, um, and that's that's a big part of sporting equipment. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah if you're if you're a, a high level uh, elite athlete, you're probably more interested in performance. But if you're a recreational, uh, uh, you know, participant in sport of any kind, you know what it looks like is, is is as important as anything else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, they're very they're very striking, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they're good,
1: the so... great the Christmas pudding ball. I think Angus describes them as. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, fair trade is a is a, is an issue that's closer at hearts as an organisation. Um, it's a, an organisation that's set up in Scotland uh, and does trade with uh, in in Pakistan and India where the footballs are made. Yep. Um, so it ticks a lot of boxes for us in terms of its uh, its ethical fit uh, and its value as a as a company uh, and hopefully as a product. Mm. Um, if one of my shots can stay on target, I'll be absolutely convinced. Uh, about, about its values as a, as, a, as a product as well.
2: Yeah.
1: But let's hear from Angus just now um, and then we'll speak to you again at the end.
2: Angus, thank you very much for joining us on the Behind the Goals podcast. Pleasure. Um, wanted to ask you a little bit about your background uh, and your sort of, what you've been
0: up to previously in life and, and you, you've not always <laughs> lived here in the UK have you? No I haven't it? and you never know what life is going to throw at you and what you're going to end up doing. You might think as I did that you know you're going to have a career in broadcasting which is pretty much what I was doing mm. um, but I'll try and keep this very briefly. I no, no. Um, ended up uh, moving to New Zealand and worked in television for a while there then I ended up not working in television. I ended up coming back to the UK briefly to make a three-part series for the BBC World Service Radio on Fair Trade, um, which I've always had a bit of a passion for, and then somebody must have remembered that at the BBC and said, hey, do you want to come back and do that, which I did. And I went to India and Ethiopian places, and I saw for myself firsthand the real impact that Fair Trade had on coffee farmers and tea growers um, and herb and spice growers. So I became really convinced that fair trade was, you know, a good thing to be involved in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, back in New Zealand. Um, I ended up working for Fair Trade Australia New Zealand for a while as their marketing um, and kind of PR guy. Ended up coming back to the UK. Couldn't get a job because I'm a man of a certain age. <laughs> uh, couldn't get a job, so volunteered for the Scottish Fair Trade Forum. And the task they gave me was um, raise awareness about fair trade sports balls which I set about doing, came up with what I thought was a really cool campaign to <laughs> tell the world about these things. And then we discovered that there were only about 65 fair trade sports balls in the whole of the UK, um, and there weren't going to be any more. So I thought there was no point in carrying on telling people that these things exist if they can't actually go out and buy them. So we, a few of us got together and formed a, a steering group to see if we could set up a social enterprise to see if we could import sports balls ourselves which is where, Mr Jenkins, I came upon you. Oh, that's right. Because uh, we roped yeah. you into, into right. this as well. And so we did it, yeah, we just decided we would do it. We would set up a, a social enterprise, a cooperative, to import uh, 30 sports balls into the UK. We're the only importer licensed to do so in the UK. And that's what we've been doing for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And well, um, <laughs> where did the where did the name ballast Sport come from? Well, we were determined that, you know, we... We needed to be seen and we needed to be heard and we needed to be noticed and amongst all the Adidas, Nikes and Pumas and Mitres and all the rest of it. So we thought there was no point in us just sitting around over a beer trying to think of some rubbishy name. So we, we did actually engage uh, some professionals to come up with a name for us and they came up with Bala, which um, is from the Scottish Gaelic and it basically means ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it also had,
2: because um, I remember this conversation when we were discussing the, the marketing findings, yes. it also has other meanings which worked we, out quite well.
0: Yeah, we were led to believe that in uh, one of the Punjabi languages it meant it had, had some meaning but it transpires over time and having spoken to people that speak Punjabi that, that was... That's not true. For <laughs> more information. <laughs> yes. well, I
1: guess, so, I guess by, you know, it's kind of lucky that it doesn't have some, you know, uh, unpleasant connotations. It was connotations never anything bad. About. No, no, it was never anything not bad. Not, you I always hear I these not, not, stories I can't actually remember what it was now.
0: It was something like, I don't know, it was like, I don't know. Strength, I think it was okay. strength or something like that. Yeah, okay. but apparently in Spanish, I think it means bullet, like oh, speed, like right. a bullet. That's that's right. Right. Yeah, We're still, works still right. quite happy yeah. with yeah. that one. But yeah, we've dropped the the Punjabi one. <laughs> right. yeah. So um, you say you're
2: very passionate about fair trade, and um, yes. Uh, which, which obviously makes sense, but perhaps for the people that aren't aware, what does that actually mean in terms of buying a sports ball or any product, really, whether it be well, coffee
0: or bananas? Most people, I mean, if you go into a supermarket, chances are you won't have any choice but to buy a, a fair trade banana because I think yeah. one in three bananas sold in UK supermarkets is fair trade certified. So most people are familiar with that and they'll probably know that the growers of the bananas um, you know, are not exploited like they would be if they worked for a kind of big label um, plantation. Um, they get paid fairly. They, you know, possibly are involved in ownership of the the land and stuff. And um, they're treated fairly. They get extra fair trade benefits um, from the sale of all fair trade bananas here. It's the same with coffee, uh, chocolate, and all the rest of it. And and it's the same with sports balls. It's just that everybody's heard of fair trade coffee and chocolate and stuff, but nobody's got the slightest clue about fair trade sports balls. Mm-hmm much to my <laughs> yeah. uh, annoyance.
2: So the the, the the main, I suppose there's, there seemed, one thing I took away is there seemed to be two kind of main benefits. One was the, uh, the fair trade premium. So yes, that, uh, yeah. so the, the, the extra money that the worker gets for working on a fair trade
0: product. Yeah, the, the difference is, say if someone, um, we make a, all of our footballs and futsal balls in a city called Sialkot in the Punjab area of Pakistan and we make all our rugby balls in a city called Jalandhar in India and if someone's making a ball for us in the three factories that we use in those two countries they will get paid fairly, they'll work in safe conditions, they'll have access to union representation um, and most importantly as you said Andrew they will receive the fair trade premium. What that is, it's an extra cash sum that we pay them, um, per every ball uh, that we buy from them we pay them an extra 10% on top of the, the cost of the ball to us um, and they Decide democratically amongst themselves what they're going to spend that on and what kind of social economic development projects that they're, they're going to invest that in. So, what kind of projects have you seen the money spent on so far? Lots of things from um, free backpacks and school books for their kids, because in Pakistan, you know, life can be expensive, especially if you're on a, a low income, like a sports ball worker. Um, even in the fair trade system, uh, free health checks, things like eye checks um, and subsidized glasses, diabetes checks, um, subsidized groceries, free transport, safe transport for workers from rural areas. But the most significant thing that I thought uh, that's probably the fair trade premium's ever been used for is water purification plants. And these are built outside the factory walls. They're not just for the factory workers. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody in the community can can turn up um, and fill up a, you know, a huge flagon of free, safe drinking water, uh, take it home. And that's been you know, provided from the, you know, the sale of Fairtrade Sports Bowls in Scotland and, and elsewhere.
1: Wow, it's impressive. Yeah, it's and, life-changing. Yeah, and in those local communities, do you find that that has a knock-on effect on other employers and people making other things or, or, or operating in that th- area?
0: Yeah, I think it, I mean, it, it gives families hope. Like, um, I mean, we go once a year to visit the, the workers, and I, a couple of years ago I went to uh, visit a family, and the three kids were there, and we had uh, biscuits and, and lemonade, and the three kids were there. They were shown off their free backpacks and school books that they got. And, you know, in the past, their career plan wouldn't have existed. They would have followed their dad's footsteps and they would have gone into the factory and they would have stitched sports balls for the rest of their life. But they were saying that, you know, two of them wanted to be teachers and one of them wanted to be a doctor. Um, And the chances are uh, they will have a a pretty good chance of, of, you know, going down that path now because of, you know, their, their father being in the fair trade system.
2: It's quite incredible, really, when you put it in those terms, isn't it? The kind of impact that it has.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I said, you know, the, the, the phrase life-changing there, and mm. I had a wee bit of, kind of like a gulp in my throat, because when you think about it, it, it really is. It it does offer hope that, you know, hasn't always been there. And, you know, it was only in the mid-1990s that the, the, the sports ball industry really kind of changed its game, because up until that point, it was pretty horrendous mm. Um, situation with child labour now child labour does still exist if you look hard enough it shouldn't because there was a thing called the harkin engel protocol uh, where all the big brands got together and said okay right we're going to stop this and they pretty much have but you know when you're dealing with third parties you know you can't control uh, everything and if you look hard enough as I say there is some some incidences of you know child labour still to be found but that is a pretty horrific thing to be doing. I mean, you know, I've seen footage of you know kids as young as five stitching sports balls. You know, huge needles. You know, it's pretty tough to get you know a bit of thread through a bit of you know three millimeter PU or whatever. You know, and little kids are are still in some cases having to do this, and thankfully, not much, and definitely not in the fair trade system. So, you know. Eradicating that uh, and ensuring that that stays, you know, a thing of the past, is is one of the most significant things about the fair trade system. But just offering them hope that they can, you know, live a better life, and mm. it just takes, you know, us to make a simple decision. You know, when we go online to buy a ball, are we going to get, you know, a big brand one? Are we going to just go for the cheapest ball we can get, or are we going to go for a ball that, you know, will make a difference? Because there's a the big campaign about, you know, who made my clothes? You know, which yeah. came about after yeah. the the Bangladesh, you know, Rana Plaza garment factory disaster. Lots of people are thinking about, you know, in fashion, should I really be buying something that's, you know, that cheap? Mm -hmm. Is the person that made that going to have been paid fairly? I don't think many people think that in, you know, football or futsal or rugby or whatever yet. Uh, But I hope that they will continue, will start to think about that. Because, yeah, they can make a difference. And if they don't go for the absolute cheapest one, and they do make one that's, you know, fair trade, they will be sure that, you know, the people that made it have got a, a fairer go in life. Are there
1: free fair trade supplies for the other things we need to play football, you know, football boots, i thinking particularly? No, there's
0: not, unfortunately. We get asked this quite a lot, you know, can you do kit as well? You know, because you get some clubs, some grassroots yeah. clubs, um, that are really keen on the idea and they want to take it further than just the ball, but unfortunately there's not. And it's not just that there isn't things like kit or anything, it's that there's only a certain few sports who've had their balls designated okay. suitable for fair trade certification. Yeah. And it is a bit of an annoyance to me because you know we would like to do things like fair trade hockey balls and stuff like that, yeah. but the powers that be um, in the fair trade system have decided that at the moment, anyway, that they will not certify those kinds of balls. So at the moment, it's just limited to football, rugby, futsal, volleyball, netball, pretty much. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's a start. It's a start. Yeah, popular games there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um, I wondered. I could, one thing that really struck me when we went, two thousand fifteen, wasn't it? We yeah. Went, that, that struck me when we went to visit was the artistry involved in actually stitching a football, and the kind of the process, and and it's not an easy task, is it? It's not an easy
0: task. I don't know if you had a go. I mean, I've, I've, no, I've, I I've, I've to had a go. On, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had a go at possible. it, and it is blooming hard. Let me tell you. Yeah, and in an average thirty-two panel football there's 720 stitches it takes you know an average worker probably two and a half three hours to to, you know to to do all those stitches um so yeah it's a skilled job and it's one that deserves to be paid fairly Mm. and how how's it changed over
2: time because there seems to be quite a lot more uh, technology involved in terms of actually making the footballs
0: i'm always amazed at how little people know about um, mm. what, what how a balls is yes, made. Yeah. And, you know when I got into this business I've no clue either and I'm still no expert <laughs> but a lot of people still think you know balls are made of leather for instance which you know they haven't been probably since the 1960s or something yeah. um technology is evolving and that it's an interesting that you should say that Andrew because we've got a, a slight dilemma in that you know in order to be a competitive business you know we want to be seen you know along the same lines as you know the, the big brands because we make an test our balls to, you know, the same kind of FIFA standards that that they do. Um, so we want, you know, to keep up with technology. We want to make sure that, you know, people are not thinking that we are, you know, behind the times or whatever. Um, and as you probably know that, you know, thermal bonding is a big thing now um, in football production. It's supposed to give a, a truer roundness to the ball. And it doesn't involve stitching. It involves, you know, kind of glue and heat to... Mm. You know, to, to construct the ball rather than stitching. And that's probably the, the way the industry is going to go as a whole, I would say. At the moment, it's still a fairly small part of it. Um, but we will need to go down that track. And the thing with that is, although it's great technology and it will, you know, make us competitive if we do it and it will give a, our customers, you know, satisfaction that, you know, they've got the latest technology uh, involved in the, the making of their product. But what it means is it will involve less workers, mm. and hand stitching is you know a skill. People you know they they grow up in Pakistan and they that's what they do. They hand stitch balls. So if they're not going to have that to do, then what are they going to do? So less workers will be involved, but the product will be good, mm. and we will still pay the same amount for the product. So the same benefits, um, you know, from the fair trade premium will will still exist. So. But it's a little bit of a dilemma because you know we like the idea that it's an artisanal thing. Mm. Our customers like the fact that you know the balls are hand stitched. Um, they might some of them will not be so keen on them being you know made with, with thermal mm. bonding. So yeah, that's a bit of a, an interesting topic that mm. we need to you know, mm. give a lot of thought to in the near future. And tell us a little bit about
2: the kind of. The start-up for battle, what was it like trying to start up a new <laughs> business in a sector that's so dominated by brands that we, you know, we'll, I, I won't need to say them because we all know who
0: they are. Yeah. Um, what was that well, like for you involved in getting yeah, it set you, you, up? You know, were we were we kind of, you know, drunk at our or something <laughs> when we thought that, you know, this was a good idea to set yes. up? <laughs> <laughs> Probably we were a wee bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of just... Being, being ideological, you know, you, you have an idea that you think will work and you want to work and you're just determined that it will work, but probably a lot of people, you know, on the outside are thinking they'll never work, mm. they're mad, they're off their heads, um, but, you know, four, four years on and we're still, you know, we haven't gone out of business, we're doing all right, um, the message is slowly getting across there, but it was very challenging trying to get funding, we were very lucky that, you know, we're based in Glasgow, which, um, you know, is... There, there's a, a lot of enthusiasm in Glasgow, you know, uh, to nurture cooperative businesses. So we actually got some funding from the Cooperative Glasgow Development Fund to set up, which was fantastic, and we we're really proud to be a, a cooperative because it, it was a real good fit, you know, with Fair Trade, and it's a great way to do business. Um, but it has been challenging for us to, to do that. We did a, a community share offer. Which is another great way. Uh, if you can't get corporate funding, uh, to go about you know fun- funding a business, we um, had a successful uh, share offer. We've now got one hundred and fourteen member investors um, investing between minimum ten pounds and twenty five thousand pounds. The great thing about the community share system is that you know even though you only invest a tenner and somebody else invests twenty five grand, you still have exactly the same say as the guy or the woman with. The- who's put in the 25 grand. So it's a kind of democratic uh, system of investment.
1: And is that community I mean, share system still open for new investors?
0: It is, Yep. And we used to have a stipulation that it was a minimum of five shares, 50 quid, but we've now reduced that to tenor. So uh-huh. for a tenor you can be part of our... Uh, our social enterprise and change the world, yeah. change the game. You can join my dad and I as shareholders. So. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> I'm really excited because as well as having you two, uh, we've also got two um, Scottish secondary schools, which I think is brilliant because, you know, between them they've probably got, you know, 2,400 pupils. And it could be a nightmare at our next AGM if they all decided to tell <laughs> <nightmare. laughs> not another <laughs> say. So, so how
2: does that work then when you become a, an organisation that, as a share as opposed to it is, is it does it work any differently
0: not really I no? mean it, it's kind of up to the the large organization how they kind of decide what you know yeah. they want to yeah. you know what their message is or you know how they want to see the business going um I mean if they did turn up and you know say that the second one of the secondary schools did turn up I'd expect them to have sent a few representatives that had thought through uh-huh. what you know democratically they they wanted the direction of the business to be, rather than turning up and squabbling about, you know, twelve <laughs> hundred
1: uh,
0: individual opinions. But yeah, I mean, you really can have if you are active. If you want to go to the AGM stuff. Yeah, you can have a say in how the business is run. Mm-hmm. And would you recommend community shares as a good way to go for any
2: sports clubs out there that were thinking about raising finance?
0: I would definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've seen different types of community share offers. And some of them seem to set themselves a target, and if they don't reach the target, then it doesn't happen. I don't know why anybody would do that. I'm not sure what restri- you know, what reasons they have for doing that. Thankfully, we didn't do that because we did actually fail to reach our target. Um, we, but, you know, when you're setting a target, how realistic is that anyway? Mm. Um, but we did have a successful share offer, it in that we raised enough for us to, you know, get to the stage that we are just now and, and to keep going forward mm-hmm. so definitely i would recommend it it's, it's good and you get a lot of support um from community share community share scotland is that what they're called i can't remember yeah 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 <laughs> in scotland and you know those are the uk uh kind of division as well so yeah you get a lot of support from them and you know when you do it you've got to produce a, a kind of glossy brochure and stuff to mm-hmm. you know to, to explain what your your offer is all about and they support you financially in that and they're you know very good on social media and stuff. That, you know, spreading your word. So mm. yeah, it's, it's 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 been a really good experience for us. Mm. And the, and the small world. The guy that
2: used to work for supporters direct Scotland now works for community shares Scotland. James Proctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. It is a small world. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the one thing that always strikes me about community shares is you seem to be getting a social return as well as a financial return because you can, down the line dependent on how well the business we functions Who's about financial return? <laughs> do you
0: not, know, if you're thinking of investing no, in community shares, expect never a financial return. <laughs> well, primarily because that shouldn't be your your, your first motivation, I, w- I would say. But most people do not expect a financial return because certainly in our business so far, there, there isn't one. Um, and I think that the you know it's, it's, it's kind of a a system for ethical uh, investors. And they're not expecting a return. Um, but yeah, they do get the satisfaction that a cause that they firmly believe in you know, will be furthered by their, mm-hmm. their investment. Mm-hmm. And they can have a say in it and they can yeah. take part in it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, so since starting up, what have what's what sort of changed what kind of because you've got several types of different balls as well as different partnerships that you've developed with organizations perhaps you could tell us a little yeah, bit yeah we,
0: we started off really tiny um and we decided just to go with footballs to begin with and we did um three different types of balls uh, just a kind of leisure ball a training ball and a kind of higher end match ball um, we've now added another football in there we're developing uh an even higher spec of football all oh, right uh, in the pipeline yeah. and um, we've introduced rugby balls which are doing quite well, um, especially in Wales. And the big thing for us just now is futsal, because futsal is one of the fastest-growing sports in the world. Um, and so far, the, the big brands have not really jumped on that um, in a, a particularly big way. Um, and what we find with futsal is that it's kind of younger guys that, that play it, and they're really open to doing things differently, which is just complete music to my ears. <laughs> I love to hear somebody saying... <laughs> oh yeah, we like the idea of your balls now. No, we don't need to go with, you know, Mitre or Adidas or whoever. And they're open uh, to the idea of a a kind of fair trade certified futsal ball. And that, I think, we hope to be, you know, a kind of big part of our business going forward. We're already, we we developed our futsal, uh, we've only got two balls at the moment, a match ball and a training ball. And we developed the spec of those balls in association with the Scottish Futsal League. Hmm. So, you know, they are basically futsal balls, you know, for futsal players by futsal players. Um, And we're the official match ball of the Scottish Futsal League and we're quite heavily involved with the university football, uh, sorry, futsal uh, clubs and leagues as well. Um, Watsall Futsal Club are the current Scottish Futsal Premier League champions and they are about to go uh, and take part in the UEFA Futsal Championships, and they'll be taking our balls with them and I shouting about battle sport and stuff. Okay. So, yeah, that's you know, it, people are seem to be open uh, for fair trade in futsal, and the futsal people are big on social media. They're spreading the word, and it is getting out there. We are having talks with you know various clubs and leagues, and I I think that that's going to be. Uh, developing quite nicely for us. I guess
1: as as well as that willingness to try something different, I think I think I think it probably helps a lot. Is that the balls look fantastic? I mean, oh, they're, quite, okay. they're quite a stylish design on the balls. <laughs> the, you know, the two yeah. the, the two halves to the ball, the jagged line through it, and they're they're quite a striking uh, ball
0: to, 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 yeah. to look at. Sometimes folk have been derogatory; they call it a, a Christmas pudding
2: design. <laughs> it's like oh, melted <laughs> custard on the top. But no,
0: I'm glad that you you like this the, the look of the balls because, like I was saying earlier, when we set up, you know, yeah. we we paid a you know a branding agency to come up with the name and stuff, and yeah. and also to come up with the look of the balls because we need them to be seen, we need them to look different yeah. um, from from the the run of the mill balls. I mean, there are some brilliant ball designs from big companies out there, but we needed to kind of create a look that was associated with us. Yeah. So I'm really yeah. excited that you you've, you've noticed that. Yeah, because yeah, look is a big part of it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was also playing around uh, just before you came in to join us about the um, you know, design your own, customize your own ball, customize oh, yeah. your design. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to play around with that a little bit more. <laughs> we might put that image out on social media with this episode, so people can see what's possible. Yeah, uh, so yeah. they can see they can you know pick your color and you know get your logo on it. Yeah, um, and it's it's we, a really nice idea.
0: Yeah, we do two types of uh, customization: the standard one, which is the lowest cost one, which is one that you're describing, where you go on. you have got a customizer on the website, and you can you, know, you can upload your logo and some text. And you can choose colours of the bottom half, top half, and the zigzag line and stuff. Yeah, you can create your own ball. Or you can uh, have a completely bespoke custom ball, which you, know, you can oh, have anything really well. you want. Yeah, But that's a bit more expensive. Um, so. that, that phone over there we're going to recreate, the, the
1: famous Ray Trovers phone. Uh, it's yeah. my, my piece of memorabilia that made it into the office. I want one of those as a real football. That's brilliant. Yeah, great idea. Well, we can do that
0: for you. Yeah. Please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we, we, we were getting interest from across uh, Europe, which I think is really encouraging, you know, it's not just in the UK. And I'm really excited about a club in Milan, they, they refer to themselves as Milan's third club, they're called A.S. Velasca, um, they're a kind of small, tiny club, but they're as much about art as they are football. Right. And they, if you buy a ticket to their match, it's individually designed ticket by an artist that you get. <laughs> yeah. The corner flags are, you know, works of art. The you know red cards and everything are works of art commissioned by artists. It's well, the whole uh, thing is is like kind of aesthetic, artistic. Yeah. So I was really delighted when they chose us to be their kind of ball partner. They, mm-hmm. it's it's ball balls that they play with. Um, their kit is you know fantastic again. It's designed by you know artists and stuff and. They've just um, come up with a custom ball design, which I'm really excited uh, to get in production yeah. pretty soon. Super. Can't wait to see that kit.
2: That kit is a thing of beauty. Google them.
0: AS Velasca. They're a really interesting mm.
2: club. Okay. Right, yeah. okay. We'll, have we'll put a link to that in, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about some of the challenges. I could sense a, little, a few of the challenges you're facing yeah. when you were describing the difference between futsal, perhaps, and other sports. But... Um, what what kind of barriers have you faced in terms of selling fair trade footballs in the UK? It,
0: it's the same with anything else, you know. It's I think it's human instinct to you know know how much money you've got and how best you're gonna you know spend that for you know the benefit of you know your family or your organisation or whatever. And everybody, as a result of that, wants usually the cheapest mm. ball. We cannot be the cheapest. We don't want to be the cheapest because you know the very thing about fair trade is you know to make something cheap then it's the workers uh, at the kind of bottom end of the supply chain that will be exploited in doing that so yeah that's a challenge that you know we get interest from clubs lead clubs from their community you know divisions and stuff like that um, from charities from all sorts of organizations that you know want to like the idea of what we're doing sometimes want to place big orders but at the end of the day the price although we're as competitive as we possibly can be they can get, they can always get balls cheaper elsewhere. And if mm. they want, you know, more kind of bang for their buck, then mm-hmm. you know, we sometimes get disappointed by mm. thinking that, you know, yeah, we're going to get this this big order and it's going to be great, and then they get a a cheaper ball or or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's one of the biggest challenge is price. But you shouldn't, you know, think if you're going to get a fair trade ball that it's you're you're doing that, you know, on price. It should be the yeah. the result of your actions, you know. And the benefits that it brings to the workers in developing countries. I, guess, I
1: guess people will understand that to an extent as soon as they're even looking at your ball like To even think about going to a fair trade supplier, they'll, they'll understand yeah. that. And so at least they get somewhere, somewhere
2: through the conversation, uh, are there, are there yeah. th- the thought process of finding that. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um, I wondered if you harboured aspirations to be the, the SBFL or, or maybe UEFA's preferred... Match ball of choice one day. The, funny you f- shoot the FIFA ball for the, the FIFA Qatar ball. World Cup. Funny you. Should, oh, <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> that would, would be a, be a slight irony, a wouldn't it? Clash, <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> it? <laughs> we, we, would, we would provide
0: the balls for the Playfair uh, Qatar campaign. No, funny you should say that because yes, we would. Uh, funnily enough, like to to be the official ball of you know the FIFA World Cup or whatever at some stage in the game, and there really is no reason other than FIFA themselves why that can't be the case. Mm-hmm. Um. Interestingly, I noticed on Twitter in Fairtrade Fortnight, which is that kind of annual campaign around the UK to raise awareness on all aspects of fair trade in, in March, February and March, and there were some tweets from a primary school somewhere near here. I'm not sure if it was Falkirk. It somewhere in, you know, kind of central Scotland um, about the fact that as a project they'd written to FIFA and UEFA basically saying why are, mm. you know, World Cup balls and, you know, Champions League, Championship, you know, Ball's not fair trade. And you know <laughs> they had pictures of the letters that they got back. They got one back from the very top, at FIFA, and the very top at UEFA. And the one from FIFA was fine. You know, if you're a ten year old kid and you've written to, you know, these people to yeah. even get acknowledged is something. Uh the one from um the CEO of UEFA, who I can't remember his name at the moment, can you guys? I can only remember Fatina at FIFA. I can't remember yeah. UEFA. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was right from the top of UEFA. Um, he'd written this fantastic letter, personalised, you know, to the kids, mentioned their names and the school and everything. Which, you know, if you're a ten year old and get that, that's that's a major league thing. And he said that I should have brought it with me uh, to get the wording right, but basically the wording of it was very positive. That he thought that fair trade was a very good thing, and I thought, you know, for these kids growing up to have got a response from somebody like that Mm -hmm. they're really into fair trade because kids most kids are into fair trade they will you know in years to come they will take that forward and if UEFA you know and FIFA haven't you know gone in that direction I'm sure there'll be kids that are growing up that will think that you know they need to be and and they'll get onto them Mm -hmm. and I do think that that's maybe something that you know maybe we need to go back to him and say look yeah, it's absolutely. only Twitter. You promised You said this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And how upset will they be if you don't follow through with it? So yeah, absolutely. But I was quite encouraged by that. Mm. Well, I mean, in theory, you know, it's like in the you know the, the SFA's equity policy and the in the FA policies, you know, fairness and respect for players and fans mm. are you know, mm-hmm. you know, at the kind of you know biggest level of you know concern, and that's fantastic. Uh so I do have hope that at some stage you know, that will spread to the, the workers in developing countries that make the balls.
1: Yeah, We shouldn't just leave it to the 10-year-olds to ask those questions. We should <laughs> all be asking the questions Indeed of, we should. of people in power. Yes. Just
0: yes. Confront those
1: decisions. So, yeah. so is, it, is it going to change the financial vi- viability of your entire sport to do things right uh, at, this, at this level, at mm. the level
0: of the footballs? That it really use? wouldn't cost them anything. You know, for one of the big brands, I mean, we always said, and Andrew, you will probably remember this, when we had this nonsensical idea you know to to do this (laughs) that oh well what you know what if the big brands decide to go for a trade then you know what about us then and we all agreed that fine we'll happily you know take a back seat yeah hand it over go off and you know do something else so if they were to do that still Mm. fantastic i was thinking actually as you were talking about that the reason why
2: fifa have the the adidas Deal because oh, if yeah. any so a couple of weeks ago Angus we had a podcast where we reviewed the official FIFA United Passions film
0: oh. and they made
2: quite a big deal out of Seb St. Blatter striking a deal with Adidas to
0: to, to yeah. be the star to, to the of, the, of the, the
1: seventy eight World Cup wasn't it the, yeah the tango
0: uh, the Adidas the tango. Tango. tango yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and it was that yeah this is going to be the star of the World Cup and it's an, I
2: think it's been an Adidas ball that they've
1: been yes. using in the World Cups ever since then
2: until yeah. Until, yeah. until until Qatar. Until Qatar and Ballast Sport come, on. <laughs> although you know,
1: knowing the way that they operate, they probably got the next three, four World Cups yeah, negotiated probably. away oh, already. Sure. They probably do. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> Not just the football, but where they're going to be held. Yeah. And who's going to win them? Well, <laughs> oh, I didn't football. say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, moving on. I wondered.
2: If, yes, that's before any lawsuits. Um, I wondered if you could perhaps just tell us, lastly, about some of the exciting. Partnerships you've struck up, I'm thinking of the Homeless World Cup that happened yeah, here for, in Scotland.
0: And... For me, the Homeless World Cup is the absolutely, forget the FIFA World Cup, mm. you know, pff, I could care about it, but not anything like as much as I care about the Homeless World Cup. Because if anybody has ever been or even watched the Homeless World Cup on TV or online or something, you'll see that that is the awesomest, you know, World Cup you could ever have. Um, and it's so aligned with what we're doing, you know, we exist to make a difference in the lives of, you know, workers that make the ball, the Homeless World Cup exists to make a difference, you know, in the lives of people who, you know, faced with homelessness and addiction and all the rest of it. And we all, all three of us, and um, you know, a lot of your listeners as well, will have quite often, you know, walked past a homeless person in the street, and will have thought, shall I give them something or shall I not? And then by the time you think about it, you're past them mm-hmm. or you've just not noticed them or whatever. Um, and they're used to that. They're used to being ignored and nobody paying any attention to them. But when they're selected, you know, they go through the Street Soccer so- Scotland, you know, program um, that gets them off the street and onto, you know, playing football. Um, and when they're selected to play for Scotland or whatever their country, and, you know, they're, they're lined up with their national, you know, strip on and they're singing the national anthem. And um, that is a magnificent thing. And that cha- that literally is life changing. For them, because people are not walking past them, they're cheering them on, they're scoring goals. I mean, the Homeless World Cup, it's like four or five aside. There's like goals galore, you know. There's, yeah. there's action in the ten-minute games all the time, and so there's a lot of you know cheering and stuff. And they they just come out of that tournament, you know, different people, and they go on to do things like coaching and and get work and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you supplied the balls for them. We, yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I always got really carried away. <laughs> <by laughs> Don't cop. forget. about the um, <laughs> Wait, for it to tell you uh, about the, the Indonesian goalkeeper that was in Glasgow uh, just very briefly. Okay. He, uh, was goalie, and he had no feet.
2: Yes, I remember him.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. Eman or Eman, his name is. We're in touch with him on social media. Um, he was a really good goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's you he know the star of the his, show. His life has changed yeah. Yeah, since being in the Homeless World Cup. So yeah, anyway. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> you you supply the football for oh, yeah, you, did, I yes. guess. We did for the past two years in Glasgow and in Oslo, we've supplied the balls. Really delighted to do that because it is just such a, a good cause. And you know, for selfish reasons as well. You know, we we as we've talked about, you know, we're not gonna be the, the ball of the FIFA World Cup anytime soon, but we are at the moment the ball of the homeless world cup. It's an international championship. You know, I think something like 2 million people watched it online um, when it was in Glasgow, 80,000 people in yeah. the flesh in George mm-hmm. Square. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a big deal, and it's a big deal for us in terms of exposure. You know, we had you know, pitch side banners and, and all the rest of it, and you know, the Fairtrade logo was seen on a ball by all those people, and that is a magnificent you know, thing for us. It's the best kind of marketing I think we could, we could have. So very finally, if somebody wants to, if they've been inspired, finally, I like that. If, <laughs> if, if somebody's
2: been inspired by this conversation, where could they go and a become a shareholder, or or b, or in case they're the same place, become uh, a, a proud owner of a Ballast Point ball football. Well, rock yeah, sport.
0: do do all of the above It would be magnificent if you did, and you really will be making a difference. You know, it just takes. You know, if somebody buys, say, one of our pro uh, footballs, it costs them forty five pounds. If they're from a school or a grassroots club, they'll get a thirty percent discount. Uh, but if you buy one of them, say you will have provided, you know, two free eye tests to workers in, in Pakistan, you know, so the moment you you just click, you know, on you know, add to basket, uh, you've done that. You've you've made a difference in, in two people's lives. Um, so yes, please go on our website ballsport.co.uk um, and yeah, become a shareholder. That'd be fantastic. We've got one hundred and fourteen already. We'd love to have you on board. Um, you can do it for as little as a tenner. You can be involved, you know, with a, a social enterprise that really is changing the game and making a difference, and we would always be welcome to anybody's suggestions. If you want to be actively involved, you know, you can be. You can email me, phone me, and tell me, you know, what we should be doing, and we'll be delighted to listen. Superb. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. thanks for Thank coming me. great to meet
2: you. So there we go. That was Angus from Ballasport. Um Really interesting chat. Met uh, Angus back in 2014, and... and just we've always stayed in touch since then, and apps doing a terrific job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a great story that uh, they've taken uh, taken on such a big industry to try and get fair trade products into it. And four years later, uh, they're not only still surviving, they're they're thriving, they're doing well. Um, and it's a very sort of uh, powerful, powerful story to to hear. But uh, highlighting some of the challenges there in the conversation about uh, how to how to get to the next level. Um, so not, now they've got footballs, and you can buy a football. But uh, how do you how do you take it take it further, uh, and really just reiterating those three ways that you can help um, uh, support Balla uh, in, in that mission? So buy their footballs, yep. scalp them around the place, um, yep. and enjoy enjoy them, and test them to destruction, and then buy another football afterwards. Uh, the second way is to take out a community share. Uh, yeah. It was actually a really good example in the story that Angus told there about, you know, how community shares work and what you can do with them. So some of those principles, uh, the the same as if you're using community shares for any other cause, including, you know, fundraising for your for your trust or for your football club. Um, so take out a community share. Um, that's uh, something uh, that I decided as soon as we stopped recording uh, with Angus. I decided well, I'm going to be the 114th backer of their community share campaign. Uh, And then the third way is to try and influence and try and get their footballs recognised and fair trade footballs recognised uh, at every level of support. So if you're involved in running a league or running a club, uh, recreational or senior or any level of the game, um, see if there's an opportunity to use fair trade footballs. If you're involved in any other sport, um, see if there's a fair trade product uh, that you could use in your sport as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the ultimate goal of if we could get these balls used as widely as possible. People say, well, so these are just as good as any other football, making that a valid choice and an easy choice for for, comp- for professional competitions and going right up and mm. make it the star of the 2026 World Cup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot in, in similarity between Ballard Sport and Supporters Direct as well. Obviously, both set up as community benefit societies, as cooperatives through which people can become a member and, and have a say, the same kind of ethos and... Uh, you know values in terms of democracy and transparency and mm-hmm. good governance but also inclusivity and, uh, and equality so yeah. you know trying to trying to work for a fairer sport a fairer yes. society through yeah. sport um, yeah so a lot in common and um been very pleased to have been involved with, with Ballasport as a as a shareholder for a for a number of years now yeah so check out their website google them Ballasport. they're also on twitter i think Ballasport uk yeah. um or fair trade.
1: Oh. Ballasport.co.uk is their is their web address. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure the Twitter handle. Yeah, but you'll find that from their from their website. ballasport.co.uk. And we'll put
2: it in the programme um, notes. Right.
1: Design your own football. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> buy their buy their products and uh, uh, and help them grow from strength to strength.
2: And get in touch if you have any feedback. Yeah. And uh, until then, speak to you next time. Yeah. Bye now.
0: Behind the Goals is a Supporters Direct Scotland podcast. You can get in touch with the show by emailing goals at hotmail.com or you can also tweet the show at SUPP Scott. That's SUPP Direct Scott. <laughs>